Hey, Brenna, how good do you think the show's gonna be? I think the odds of it being good are 69. Never tell me the odds! <laughs> it's fun fiction! Welcome to Fun Fiction, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly podcast about fan fiction and the great media that inspires it. I am one of your hosts, Scotty Moore. And I am the other host, Brenna Clark. I said it you on time did, this time. You did it! I'm so proud of and by the second episode. You've done it. I'm, I'm lit, man. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into the topic of the show, I do want to take a quick aside to apologize to anybody who tries to find us on iTunes. Because, oh, God. Well, okay, it's not bad, because, like, if you just look at us through the podcasting app, it's us and then a bunch of stuff from the website MaximumFun.org, which is, <gasps> yeah, which is who, who hosts the adventures. Oh, my God. And my brother, my brother and me. And because we both have fun in our names, they come up. So that's fine. What's not fine is if you start looking in the audiobook section oh, no. where you get submissive training, uh, <laughs> branding her to mutual fun business trip, fun oh. in the backseat teenage taboo erotica, uh, and also Tom Swift in his motorcycle. So that's always oh, good. Oh, that's nice. That one's nice. So, yeah. Yeah, I realized that a minute ago when I started looking up our podcast. Well, I guess the lesson here is don't look for us on iTunes. That's right, right? Yeah, don't look. Pe- apparently, the people who <laughs> Google us on iTunes are just perverts. So that's right. So I mean, shout out Perv Nation if you found whoop, us whoop. through iTunes. So it was like I was trying to find my s- submissive <laughs> training videos, but these two seem entertaining. Um. So Brenna, God, we saw Solo. We did. Well, not to... I actually saw... Not, so, I saw it solo, ironically enough. Um, but not me, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is, I did not expect much out of Solo. Like, I, I expected, like, oh, it's a Han Solo movie, but I also knew, like, it's Disney and they're gonna play it safe, which they, well, they did. You cannot argue that they didn't play I, it very safe with this. What do you mean by safe? As in, like, just the plot was very much, like, they didn't take any risks with it at all, in my opinion. Uh, okay. Okay, well, hold on. Oh, do you have an argument for that? I I mean, no, let me sit on it. Okay. <laughs> I to think of an argument. Um, now, I did come up with the alternate, turtle, uh, alternate, turtle, alternate title for this film, <laughs> which is Han Solo versus the Dark One Cthulhu. Because holy shit, that was God. that was the the minute that scene happened, and like they're doing the Kessel Run, I was like, oh shit, what the fuck is that? That's Cthulhu. That's just the Dark One is risen, and he kicked its ass too. He did kick Cthulhu's ass. Um, I also really enjoyed the scene where he's just like, I saw somebody uh, do this back on my old planet, and then I think no, 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 that was that was a different moment. But I did enjoy the moment where he took out the landing gear and basically just fucking Tokyo drifted the Millennium (laughs) He busted that thing to pieces. Oh my god. I felt bad for Lando. I'm like I did too. I'm like, dude, you wrecked this dude's entire ship. And it was a really nice ship. It really was which apparently I told you this earlier, but I just want everyone to know. Apparently, on board the ship, the Millennium Falcon between takes, Donald Glover did start playing This Is America on his phone, and that's my new aesthetic in life, is just chilling on the Millennium Falcon and listening to This Is America. He was just making it feel like home, man, you know? That's that's what it was. Um, So, what did you think? I mean, I'm on cloud nine right here, I'm just gonna tell you. You're in cloud city, is how far you are. Yeah, cloud city. Because I don't, I don't know if we want to jump straight to the reveal or if we want to like, <laughs> did we say spoilers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it should be implied by now, I think, but. Yeah, spoiler alert, jump ahead to, I don't know, later on in this episode where we'll try not to have any more spoilers for this. Yeah. But, 
Do you want to say it? He is your favorite. Oh god. <laughs> when when he took his hood off and I saw Darth Maul's face, I felt like the Grinch when he realized that he could steal Christmas from the Who's. When his <laughs> when when his face just contorts into a giant smile and his hair even forms a smile, that's <laughs> What happened to me? I thought you were going to say when the Grinch's heart grew three sizes, Well, now you're like, the moment when he decides <laughs> to go rob children. This is the dark side we're talking about, yeah. Scotty. I mean, come on. It was, for, but, it was for me a moment that just, like, it was awesome. Like, because I'm a pro wrestling fan, anytime something like that happens, I'm just like, he made his triumphant return after right. injury. And so I was like, okay, this is really cool. But also, uh, I was right next to a, a, a family with a small child, and I was worried because that child definitely heard me say, what the fuck? That's okay. It, I mean, it's fine. The parents should be expecting that. I'm sure they also said something to that effect. <laughs> Yeah, I, with me, I think, I hope this sets up a sequel. Because oh, that's what, I'm, like, gonna die if they don't do, like, a Darth Maul solo film. Not, like, Darth Maul and Solo, but, like, Darth Maul I No, solo. <laughs> I think the only way they could do it is to do a solo film with Darth Maul. Because like, I'll take what I can get. Because it was, the minute I saw that reveal, I'm like, well, this is a standalone film. There's no way they're going to do a sequel, meaning this is going to be like 30 more minutes because we have to have him fighting Darth Maul. And then it just kind of ends. And I got, it's the same, because I think uh, Paul Bettany, who I did not realize was in this movie. Yes. I, until I was like, is that Vision? And by, the yes. end, and by the end of the movie, I'm like, I'm happy Vision died. Fuck this dude. I, I felt kind of bad for him. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it was Vision, but I was yeah. just like, aw. What is up with some like movies this summer with A, killing Paul Bettany, and also B, putting Paul Bettany in relationships with young women? Because... Well, it, it's working out for them, don't you think? Well, I don't think so, because he dies. No, but they're making a lot of money. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember getting that same feeling. Uh, Bettany said that this was like a gangster movie. And I was like, yeah, this does give me the vibe of most gangster movies, where I'm just like, the world keeps spinning, big man. And it's a lot of shit that you don't understand is going on. Like, why Darth Maul is back. I, always, I don't. I, I, I don't even care why. <laughs> I just don't. I, I really liked the uh, addition of the lightsaber at the end. Just, oh my god! Just, just in case anyone didn't know who he was by his face, like well, no, here you go, guys. I had the same moment because he was like more built. He was a thicker boy, and I was. Well, just, I was just like, what? Well, maybe it's a different person of his yeah. same race. And then, pew, I'm like, oh shit, that's Darth Maul. I, you know how I told you in the last episode that when Deadpool made his Hawkeye joke that Garen and my mother turned and looked at me yeah. and then turned back? That same moment happened again <laughs> during the reveal, and both of them were smiling ear to ear, and then they turned back around, and I was like, this is the happiest moment of my life. This is the best thing. Um, now, I will say this film is guilty of fucking just killing any character you like oh my goodness l3 thank you no l3 was my main bitch like oh i know Cause, she was because i remember beautiful oh yeah i remember like seeing everything and being like lando calrissian will be my favorite character of all time i love donald mm -hmm. glover i love lando calrissian there's nobody who could possibly tear me away and then l3 starts the riot on that one planet yeah. like, I'm like yep she's she's my girl no when lando's like do you need anything and she's like equal rights yeah. and i was just like that's that's it she's it <laughs> she's everything i've ever wanted but I, the thing I, I that is you. the thing that upsets me is that she gets uploaded into the millennium falcon's mainframe right yeah and then han wins the ship <laughs> so yeah, lando it. like has no ties to her anymore at all and that hurts me way more well, I don't, then I thought it would. I don't think it's his con. I don't think it was her consciousness. I just think it was well, like 
her navigational abilities, which is why the Falcon is so good at navigating everywhere. Like, that's True, why... but still, it's a part of her, kind of. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being sentimental. Alright, can I... I want to be... I've got two notes of saltiness. Oh, no. I, all of mine are good. Why do you have to be salty? It was not saltiness. It's just a... It's the same problem... No, I didn't have this problem with Deadpool. I thought I was going to have this problem with Deadpool, but I didn't. And it's the fact that I did not care about Han as much as I felt like I wanted to. Well... Because, like, Han... The selling point of this movie is the fact that Han Solo, this badass character, you get to see him growing up, and yet instead we get baby Michael C. Hall running around for a very long time, and I'm just like, okay, cool, we might as well just do Dexter now. Well, I don't know. Some, I think one reviewer put it as, it's nigh impossible to copy Harrison Ford's everyman quality and likability, and he had the impossible task in this film of trying to make everyone forget Harrison Ford existed, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's basically the problem he had. Well, I don't I don't know. I, I really liked the kid that played him a lot and i i don't know i think he did a good job of it and i mean of course it's not gonna be harrison ford but i don't know are you saying we couldn't have gotten old ass harrison ford to do this film because i would have i would have accepted it openly lord no he's too ornery to do that (laughs) that would have been fine no and and the other thing i was kind of salty about and it's just because i'm a nerd is firstly, I loved the gambling scenes, other than right. the fact that I had no idea how to play the game. So they could right. they could have shown any cards and said any words, and I would have had to be with the crowd like, yeah, that is a oh, good hand. Yeah. But yeah, those were all really, really fucking dope, those gambling scenes. And I think it might just be because I love gambling. But, Probably. But what got me all salty was the fact that they still did not really explain... They showed it, and he did it, but they did not explain really what the Kessel Run was? Well, what do you mean? Like, the the, the Kessel Run is because it, it's near... It's, it's near that black hole, and... Uh-huh. and Base and also they did not explain that a parsec is a unit of measurement and not a, a unit of time. Okay, but I th- I think they assume that we know this. No, since dude, we not everybody's a nerd, bro. Well, okay, <laughs> but they can look it up. Yeah, well, but I well no, because even in context, it sounds like twelve parsecs. Like I made this in twelve parsecs, which by the way, Arthur Theater erupted in applause when he said, "I just made the <laughs> castle run in twelve parsecs." Me, the dude in front of us, all of us are like, "Yeah." We were all super quiet. We were enthralled and like you hooligans. Yeah. Also, I do love the fact that Han is slowly bege- like like made the story a bigger lie throughout history because apparently it was more than twelve parsecs because Chewie says something and then he's just like, if you round down, it's twelve. Exactly. And yeah. Fast forward to a New Hope where he's like less than twelve parsecs. Oh my goodness. But no, like, I was just like, even in context. The way they said parsec, you could still consider it a unit of time. And I don't know, my little nerd brain was just like, this was your chance. You could have brought balance to this, but no. I, it's, it, we're supposed to know these things. They're just, they, this is this is for the fans. Mm-hmm. The, this was straight up for the fans. This was fan service the whole way through. Anyways, now a tribute to all of the people who died who I felt like I didn't want uh. to die. Um, let's see, Woody Harrelson didn't want him to die. Okay, but he deserved it a little bit. He did. A little, a little bit. Oh, 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 I just remembered. Whoa, did a seal get in here? What's happening? No, I just remembered my favorite thing, which is like Woody Harrelson's last lines. And he's just like, well, kid, I'm going to teach you your final lesson or something like that. Yeah. And what happens next? He gets shot. Han shoots first. Yes, he does. So his final lesson to Han is always shoot for first. And he does. And I, like, lost my shit about that. Anyways, yeah, Woody probably did deserve to die, but guess who didn't? 
that fucking L three. Well, L three and that little forearm. Oh my goodness! Anybody who was a pilot in this film was doomed because we. Well, Han had to take the chair. Yeah, you know (laughs) exactly. I'm like, everyone is doomed to die if you're a pilot in this film. I'm sorry, everybody, but you're going to all die. And then poor Val that blew herself up for Woody Harrelson. I don't know. I did not care about her that much. I've, I, I was invested. Oh, really? Like Yes. I, I got more invested in, like, the cool, funny guy more than the angry woman who's talking shit about Han right before they blow up. I'm like, yeah. I guess Shame on you. I'm like, you deserve it. I don't even care. Uh, I, there, there was one part where I thought <laughs> when Chewie rips the arms off of that guy, um... It made me think of Magnus, oh, because he's always trying to take things, the oh. arms off of things. Yeah, Magnus from the Adventure Zone. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jesus, yeah. That I think Magnus is just a Chewbacca in his own right. He's his own Wookiee. I, that's really true. Which, can we just talk about how they introduced Chewbacca? Oh, that poor little tangled mess, muddy baby that... That was so sad. Well, no, they were like, feed him to the monster. And I didn't even consider, because, like, I've seen so many Star Wars films where Wookiees are a respected race. Right, yeah. And then I'm like, who are these racist-ass motherfuckers that are referring to the pride, the proud Wookiee people, the proud people of Kashyyyk as monsters? How dare you? And then, It's terrible. Uh, and then, of course, the revelation that Han can speak a little bit of the Wookiee language was great. And that was adorable. I just want to watch that over and over again. They did really good. Like, the problem I've had with a lot of the new Star Wars films, bear in mind I only saw one of them. Oh my goodness. But the problem I've had is just, like, it doesn't have, like, these memorable scenes to it. Like, you know, the first Star Wars, you've got the trash compactor scene. You've got, hey, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Like, you've got... Uh, the run at the end on the Death Star. Like, you've got all these memorable scenes. Meanwhile, I haven't found those really in the new trilogy much other than that weird scene where Kylo Ren doesn't have a shirt on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they meant for that to be a memorable scene, but it was. Oh, they did. Have you seen Kylo Ren lately? Because, yeah. Have I seen Captain Squarebody? Yes, I have. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but this one had, like, a lot more just fun, memorable stuff going on, and and I, I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that. That's I have so many memorable moments on my list. Yes, uh, including uh, fucking Lando Calrissian making his own biography. Yes, that... <laughs> him just sitting there with his little... I don't know. It was a very cool a hologram recorder. Yeah, yeah. Just like, hello, Captain Salak. Yeah, I wanted more silly Lando. Like, I wanted more of, like, the cool, badass, I own 50 capes Lando. But then they were like, why don't we kill off his girlfriend? And he's going to be angsty for the rest of the oh, film. Poor L3. What do you make of, like, the weird, like, they decided after the movie came out to make Lando pansexual? And I've read a lot of people just like, don't pull that J.K. Rowling bullshit. If you're going to make him pansexual, make it happen in the film. Well, I don't, I I don't, they, I don't think they decided it's just something that, I mean, he just is, but you can tell like he and han clearly have like a, a thread between them yeah hondo man hondo, hondo! and it i i am all for it mm-hmm. but i don't know i think people are quick to get upset about that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not something that you have to, if Lando comes out in one of his capes and has to go, I'm pansexual, then, I mean, <laughs> that's not, I'm a pers- no. I'm a personal pansexual. Exactly. Or in his captain's log, <laughs> me and L3 were sitting on the ship and I turned to her and I said, I'm a pansexual. And she said, good, I want equal rights. I mean, I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, I, dude, I will say they did a very good job of giving me the like constant fear that someone is going to betray someone or someone is going to die because the, okay. The whole opening scene, I thought, um, what's his girlfriend's name? Kira. Kira. Whole opening scene. I'm like, Kira's going to die. Kira's going to die. Oh, Kira lives. I got no idea where they're going with this one, but all right. And, <laughs> and then she shows up on uh, what's what's what what's that? The giant fucking that yacht the, thing. The giant boomerang in space. And, that's right. And that's when I'm like, oh, this bitch gonna betray the shit out of Han. And my favorite, yep. what, they played it till the very end of like, no, 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 she's a good person. She's good. She's good. In fact, Woody Harrelson's the bad guy. She <laughs> can never be evil. Then she's like, what up, Darth Maul? I know. I, I want to be it. her. <laughs> <laughs> I want. Karen kept saying the whole time that she was going to be evil, and I was like, "No, it's Amelia Clark. She's sweet and cute, and she'll be fine." No. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Oh, I knew. I knew she was going to be the one who I didn't. Ironically enough, was Woody Harrelson until Paul Bettany's ass looks at him and it's just like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did you think that?" The obvious person was the one betraying you. And then I was like, fuck, it's Woody Harrelson. Damn it. That fickle, fickle man. That fickle boy. Oh, man. I'm trying to see if I have anything else. Like, I think I've gone through all my stuff. Let me, let me, let me hit up my list real quick. Um, oh, well, I will say that I got super emotional when, A, Han handed his luck dice to Kira at the beginning yeah. and then she handed them back to him yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end I really enjoyed that I enjoyed that a lot I also uh, I, I will say I had a scene that I had an emotional reaction to because uh, a friend of the podcast our friend Austin one time anytime he had to introduce me to somebody he would always say this is Scotty Scotty's a very good guy but he won't admit it and he always acts like oh. a bad guy like you can't fight back from that i'm just like i can't just be like no i'm actually quite an asshole and so no you're a cinnamon roll (laughs) and so the scene where uh fucking i i I, you've just told me your name and i've already forgotten it uh kira kira the scene where kira pulls han aside it's just like you're a good guy han he's like no i'm not i'm despicable and i'm like i feel you my brother i feel you that's so sweet. I was just like, I understand. We're bad, hardened criminals. That's what it is. Well, I, I don't want this personal parallel to exist because that means one day you're gonna betray me for Darth Maul. Oh God. <laughs> oh, oh God, and it would happen too. Some other podcaster comes along and he's just like, "Hello, Brenna." Tis I have I. horns and a red and black face, and I'd be like, "Sign me up." Yeah. I look like famous WCW wrestler Sting with horns. You into this? I yes. Am. <laughs> Coincidentally, yes. Yep. And you know what else? What I'm into, Brenna? What? I'm into the fantastic merchandise you can get over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Merch.aloadofpurebs.com is the website where you can get merch for all your favorite BS Network products. Stuff for a load of BS. Stuff for opposite attractions. And then finally, I made a fun fiction shirt, and it's my favorite shit on the whole planet. Mine too. Like, I, I, I... I was struggling, like, what will this shirt be? And then I was like, wait a minute. Fun fiction, Pulp Fiction. We're just going to make a Pulp Fiction parody. So, yes, yeah. if you want that, ladies and gentlemen, you can pick it up over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. So, Han Solo apparently is a lot better than Deadpool at providing decent fanfiction. Fan art, yeah, or fan art. Fan fiction, yep, that's what we're here for. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to fun art. Art. the podcast where we describe art to you it's a picture of han and he's got a lightsaber even though that's Whoa. Not what he but he's wearing a vest but he has vest um all right since i went last time would you like to come forward with your fun fiction i would love to okay but first 
I I would like to see what you would like me to read because oh, oh it's a game okay it is I had a really hard time I found three that I really really liked mm-hmm. and okay one of them is like really short so I could probably read it either way and it's the worst one so that's <laughs> okay. that's behind door number one door number two is um, actually pretty well written but it's very silly that's behind door number two mm-hmm. door number three is an emotional roller coaster for me myself and I might actually cry while <laughs> I read it um, is it dark so Maul? yeah no it's not this is all Han related unfortunately I didn't think of Darth Maul to begin with, and I already had my choices, and I couldn't go back on them. So. Could I get a title? Because I may have, <sighs> I may also have your emotional roller coaster right here. I really doubt it. Uh-huh. But if you do, it's called Prodigal. Oh no, I don't. I don't have this. Mine is pretty emotional as well. But you know what? I think since I have an emotional one, why don't we do your short one, your silly one, and then I also have two. I have an emotional one, and then I have quite possibly the worst thing I've ever read in my life. Awesome. I will lead in with the worst thing that I have ever read in my life. Okay. Now, you know how your uh, Deadpool one didn't have any punctuation? Well, that's what I'm working with. (laughs) Okay. Um, So bear with me if it doesn't make sense. The, The title of this is called Potter Solo Scars. Oh, and it's by no. Vulcan Chick 1701. Oh, no. Here we go. They were thrust through the darkness when they awoke. Is everyone okay? Han asked his friends, all waking up from the pelt of unconsciousness. I think so, was Leia's small answer. When they looked up, they saw an elderly man with a long white beard and a headmaster's insignia. Hello, my name is Albus. You were the ones Obi-Wan told me about. Dumbledore said holding out a helping hand to Han, who still on the ground. Uh, hi, I'm Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon. Han said, then pointed to Luke. This is Luke Skywalker, my best friend, and this is Leia, his sister. <laughs> this is... Han calling someone his best friend, my, my favorite thing. That's not Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> And this is Leia, his sister, and my girlfriend. Also, this is Chewbacca, Han said, as they followed the old man to the castle. This, my friends, is Hogwarts, he said. The one we seek is the one that has a lightning bolt scar on the chin, he continued. Wait, hold on, where? (laughs) On the chin. On the chin? (laughs) Because our great pupil Harry Potter, that is his brother, Harry was sent here after his Corellian mother and father were killed, then his Earth mother and father were killed by Baltimore. Baltimore? (laughs) Spelled V-O-L-T-E-M-O-R-E. He said, leading them to the main entrance. Wait, what? Leia gasped. Luke, is it possible? She asked her brother. I know it's true, Leia. I can feel it, Luke said to his sister. Han, uh, you have the scar on your chin, Leia said. (laughs) Is it possible, Leia, I had never met my brother or my three sisters? I've heard of them, but nevertheless met any of them, Han replied. They stopped right in front of a door. He's in here, my friends. Han Solo, you are the one with the scar, if I'm correct, Dumbledore said, opening the door as Han followed him in. Harry, I've brought brought you your only remaining family. He is your twin brother from from Corellia. Harry turned, and he and Han looked at each other with surprise. Han Solo, is that you, my lost brother? Harry asked. Yes, my name is Han Solo. Who was your mother? He asked Harry. Jaina Solo, but my Earth mother was named Lillian Potter. He said. Can I see your scar, Han? Harry asked. Of course, Han said, pointing to it on his chin. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Let me move my beard around. It is the Solo family scar. You are my brother. See my scar? Harry said, lifting his hair. You're my twin, Han said. I've always felt an emptiness that has been filled, Han said, hugging his twin, Harry. Well, would you look at that? Two Han Solos, Leia chuckled. 
Obi-Wan told me, Han Solo, that you must become a wizard. It is part of the prophecy that you find all your siblings and learn their skills to defeat all evil in all worlds, Dumbledore said, leaving with Luke and Leia, showing them around the castle, leaving Han and Harry alone. Are you ready for this conclusion? Yes. Where... Where have you been all my life, Harry? Han asked, already knowing the answer. Here on Earth, Han! He laughed. The brothers hugged even tighter. <laughs> to be continued. I need the title of this to be immediately changed to Han Duo. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've now got the most beautiful mental image because I, well, we all know where the scar, of course, actually comes from, which is, uh, you know... A uh, fancy no-nose boy points a magic spell at Harry. <laughs> exactly. And then it shoots off his head, but now I've got an even better thing, which are five babies in a room, and it's ricocheting between all of them. <laughs> like a pinball! <laughs> like a pinball machine! <laughs> okay. So that, okay. that's on duo. Let's go. That's on duo. Um... This next one is called Han Solo in the Mushroom Kingdom. Oh, fuck yes! And it's by Esme Amelia. And I really do enjoy this one. It's just, it's, it's very fun. <clears throat> Leia! 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 Han kept screaming his wife's name, name only to get no answer. Damn it, Leia, where are you? Luke patted his brother-in-law on the shoulder. Don't worry, Han, I'm sure we'll find her somewhere around here, wherever here is. The here where they were was certainly one of the strangest places Han had ever seen. There were blocks floating around in the air and giant green pipes sticking out of the ground and the clouds looked like they had faces. Oh, thank goodness you've arrived! Both Luke and Han's eyes bulged at the sight of the strange little creature running up to them. He was wearing what looked like a round white hat with red spots and Han thought he could swear the creature was wearing a diaper. Who the hell are you? Han exclaimed. Either the creature didn't hear him or was simply ignoring him. The Super Mario Brothers have arrived to save the princess. What? exclaimed Luke. Uh, said Han, I think you've got us confused with someone else. Still, the creature seemed to be ignoring him. Mario, you must venture to Bowser's castle to rescue the kidnapped princess. Wait, she's been kidnapped? Luke shouted. Yes, Luigi, said the creature. You and your brother must <laughs> save her. <laughs> well, mostly your brother, since he usually does all the work. Luke and Han just stared at the creature. Well, what are you waiting for? Go save the princess. The fate of the Mushroom Kingdom lies in your hands. In a different situation, the brothers-in-law would have kept protesting about the creature's mistake, but with Leia having possibly been kidnapped, they didn't have time to keep arguing. Uh, okay, said Han, so where's this Bowser person? Travel through the Mushroom Kingdom to Bowser's castle, said the creature, pointing straight ahead. Well, you should go there. Luigi can stay behind if he wants. No, no, Luke said quickly. I'll go with my brother. Then hurry, the princess needs you. Leia better appreciate this, Han grumbled. So, Han, why do you think those mushroom creature things keep walking into the pits? Luke asked. And why are there so many pits in the first place? Don't know, don't care, said Han. I just want to find Leia and get out of here. Fine, said Luke, gazing up at the many floating blocks. But you've got to be at least a bit curious about those blocks. Maybe, but like I said, I want to get out of here as quickly as possible. And... Why do some of them have question marks? It's like there's some hidden treasure in them. Han glanced up at one of the blocks with sudden interest. Treasure, huh? But how do you open them? Hmm, said Luke, gazing up at the question mark block floating directly over Han's head. Maybe you could try jumping up to break them with your head. What? Hey, it's worth a try. Maybe you'll get something that will help us find Leia. You're the Jedi. Why don't you do it? Because you're taller, said Luke. Besides, a force jump might damage whatever's in there. Han groaned. Fine, but if I get a concussion, it's your fault. He ground his teeth as he looked up at the block and squatted his knees to prepare the jump. He jumped, and his head bashed against the block. Ow! The next thing Han knew, he was sitting in a heap on the ground, his head throbbing with pain, and the weird, weird world spinning around him. Damn it, kid, why did I let you talk me into that? Luke sank down to his knees and wrapped Han up into his arms, patting him on the head. There, there, it's okay. There, there. He snuggled up against his brother, brother-in-law. Mmm, yes, it's all gonna be fine. Uh... Kid, what are you doing? Hey, since I'm the brother who doesn't do anything, I should at least be able to comfort you. Han took a deep breath, his head still throbbing. Well, what'd we get? A coin. A coin? I practically cracked my skull for a coin. Looks like it, Luke said as he caressed Han's head some more. There, there. What's the flag for? Luke asked as they gazed up at the brick steps that led to a green flag flapping in the breeze. I don't know, said Han, but for some reason I feel like sliding down it. What? 
Before Luke could say anything else, Han was running up the steps. This is going to be fun, he shouted as he reached the top. Watch this, kid! He leapt off the step and grabbed onto the pole, sliding down it and pulling down the green flag, replacing it with a red flag that had a giant M on it. Luke grinned and shook his head as he walked down the steps. So, Han, did you have fun? Han could only sputter out two words. Rope burn. Finally, the two made it to the <laughs> castle where they would hopefully find Leia. They weren't sure who this Bowser was, but they predicted that they would have to fight him. What they didn't predict was that the castle was full of lava pits, rotating arms of fire, and giant rocks with faces that periodically rammed into the floor as if they were trying to crush people. What the hell is this? Han shouted. Uh, I guess we have to get through all this, said Luke. Who puts this stuff in a castle? Han exclaimed. I don't know, said Luke, but we've got to get through this for Leia. Han took a deep breath, and how do we do that? We run and jump. Both Han and Luke were scorched and out of breath by the time they reached the throne room. Okay, Han gasped, so where's this Bowser person? Luke, Luke's eyes were bulged to their limits as he slowly pointed a shaking finger up. There he is. It turns out that Bowser wasn't a person at all. He was a giant, fire-breathing reptile. Both Han and Luke screamed. How are we supposed to fight this thing? Luke shouted. I don't even have my lightsaber. Well, there's one thing we can do, said Han. What? Run! Somehow, Han and Luke managed to get past Bowser, but not without getting scorched even more. They were both on their hands and knees and ready to collapse as they slowly, painfully crawled into the final room where Leia was supposed to be. All right, Han gasped out. Leia, where are you? Good job, Mario! Han looked up, and there was the creature they had seen at the beginning of this insane mission. Wait, how'd you get here? And what do you mean, good job, Mario? Luke exclaimed. I did just, just as much work as he did. <laughs> Never mind that, said Han. Where's Leia? Oh, I'm sorry, said the creature, but the princess is in another castle. What? The end. Yes! That's good. I really like that. I like that one a lot. That was adorable. All right, now let's let's come over to mine, which is going... One was a nice emotional tale. The other one uh, will make you cry, though. Uh, <laughs> Great. From how bad it is. I'm in it. Um... I'm going to start with the emotional one, because the other one, fuck, it's a main event kind of thing, I'll tell you. Alright, so this one is called Three Things Han Solo Hates, by Too Old for This. Uh, if if I think if the uh, fan fiction is good, I'm going to read out the username. If it's bad, I will not give them publicity. <laughs> <clears throat> there were three, yeah, There were three things that Han Solo hated. Someone disparaging his ship, someone questioning his piloting skills, and someone telling him what to do. The princess had done all three constantly, and yet he was still here. Sometimes he wondered why. Okay, a lot of times he wondered why. Sure, he'd come back to help Luke with that whole Death Star thing, but that wasn't to help the rebellion, that was to help Luke. The kid was so naive. Something in Han's gut just couldn't fly away and let him go headlong into what surely was a suicide run. So he turned the Falcon around and came back. I mean, who'd have thought that Luke could actually blow the entire thing up? Then there was the celebration, and then they wanted to give him a medal. And really, how often does a smuggler get a medal? So he stuck around for that as well. But he refused to officially sign up, despite Leia's insistence that he should. Finally, just to get her off his back, he suggested that he might be able to help them out. But it would be more of a business arrangement. He could smuggle in supplies for the Rebellion, and they would pay him for each run he made. He'd, give, he'd given back that reward money, only had 2,000 credits from what the old man had paid him before they'd left Tatooine, and he still needed to pay off Jabba. This was a way to get the credits he needed, get Leia off his back about joining up and keep an eye on the kid. Besides, he'd make more this way than on that pittance they'd paid their recruits. Brilliant idea, really. And it worked out pretty well, too. Except for Leia. She hadn't given up on trying to get him to just join up, and she continued to make fun of his ship, his skills, and worst of all, kept trying to tell him what to do. So why, oh why, did he continue to stick around? If he was a sentimental person, he might have said that it was because he felt at home here. He felt needed, not just another pilot to be used and discarded as some crime lord saw fit. I mean, he liked the other pilots, enjoyed the camaraderie, at least they all seemed to give him the respect he deserved. And it was nice to not have to worry about getting double-crossed or where the next job was going to come from. Plus, it meant he didn't have to run spice. These supplies were at least needed. Of course, he'd never admit that. This was purely a business arrangement that happened to be working to his advantage, and he would argue that with anyone. Of course, the only person he ever really argued with was Leia. But those arguments had actually become fun. 
At first, he did it just to defend himself. I mean, he couldn't let her make fun of the Falcon and not retaliate. And he definitely did not need some princess telling him what to do. And then the sparring became a bit of a game. She gave as good as she got. So it became a challenge to see if he could get the last word and see if he could best her in an argument and leave her speechless. Because she was rarely speechless. Once he'd accomplished that, he, he found he knew just what button, buttons to push to get her riled up or flustered. He thought, that she, she, he thought that she secretly enjoyed their verbal battles as well. He figured because so many others just responded yes princess to whatever she said, that arguing with him was enjoyable. Somewhere along the line, though, he found that there was more to it than just a game. He wanted her to think better of him, wanted her to be impressed with him. He wanted her. He started flirting more just to see her reaction. He figured that she had feelings that she wasn't letting on because of the way she could get a blush out of those cheeks. The way she got totally flustered when he made insu insinuations about the two of them together. And he found himself thinking about doing lots of things with the princess other than arguing. So here he was, three years later. He'd had enough to pay off Jabba for the last year, if Jabba would take it at this point. He should have left long ago, but he hadn't. He'd threatened to many times. Basically, any time Leia had started in on him again, and he didn't have a good comeback, but he never did. And he was beginning to realize that it was probably all because of her. That he didn't want to leave her. But now he really felt like he had to, not for his sake, but for hers. The run-in with a bounty hunter on Ord Mantell had been too close. Leia was in danger just by being near him. He had to get these bounty hunters off his tail, and the only way to do that was to get Jabba to take the price off his head. And the only way to do that was to see Jabba himself, pay him handsomely, and hope that he caught him in a forgiving mood. His chances weren't too good, but if he didn't, he could pretty much guarantee that he'd either end up dead or someone else that he cared about would. There was no way out of it. He had to leave, and he had to do it now before something really bad happened. Despite himself, he cared and cared more than he'd ever admit. He realized that he had one more thing to add to his list of things that he hated. He hated leaving. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! I know! I was like, oh, too old for this, you killed me! <laughs> Also, I was try I was thinking about singing dramatic music after it, but then I realized that the dramatic music was in fact going to be the Jurassic Park theme, and that wasn't. You. <laughs> okay, so that was the good one, and I'm very proud of finding it. It was very good. Um, now on to the oh, it's so bad. Now, fun fact on the uh, on this the the writer of this on his official page, he has a things he likes and things he doesn't like, and I'm a big fan of it because on his list of things that he likes includes heaven, Ira right. Iran, uh huh, Krista Berg, uh huh, Walt Disney, sure, Sporkle, yeah, Jesus, uh huh. Uh, what what he doesn't like is even more interesting. Uh, being name called bad word unless it for story or song, movie that take a long time to happen. Bob, Same. Bob Burger, not Bob ah. Burgers. Bob Burger. <laughs> uh, a, a three, a three in a row of Hitler, Mussolini, and Joseph Stalin. Well, he's he's got his ducks in a row. I'll give him that. Uh, apple and cherry pie, which my inner Dean Winchester immediately hates him for. Yeah, my gut just like twisted up. That was. Both, Hateful. both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Uh, oh. Now well, this one's interesting. Rosa Parks. He hates Rosa Parks? <laughs> did not, not a fan of Rosa Parks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Little Stewart, which I think he means Stuart Little. Like the mouse? Yes. <laughs> what did it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, thrown up barf. Yeah, I mean, everyone. Well, no, I want to know what other kind of barf is there besides thrown up. Well, you can have you can have mouth barf and butt barf. Inner barf. Inner <laughs> barf. One of my favorites on his list, number 75, onion. Wait, there's there's 75 no, dislikes? There, no, no, there are 91 dislikes. Scotty. This is a, I know. 
But I just want you to remember, uh, he doesn't like bad words unless it's for a story or a song. He doesn't like inappropriate comments. Um, now, this, I, I'm i going to have to fucking edit it. I cannot say some of the words that are in what I'm about to read. Wait, like, why? But I, just some of it. You'll know. <laughs> it's just too much. All right. So this is Han Solo versus fuck versus Scootaloo from my no <laughs> my not Scootaloo. But this is not just any battle, Brenna. This is an epic rap battle of history. Oh no! Han Solo versus Scootaloo. Begin! Alright, uh, it's Han, then Scootaloo, Han, then Scootaloo. So this first verse is Han's. Alright, you little brat, time to take you fucking down. You could even, couldn't even fly, you're a fucking chicken now. I'm the best Jedi in the entire planet. You just sit in Equestria and suck Spike's penis. <sighs> now, ignoring how badly that doesn't rhyme... I did enjoy I'm the best Jedi in the entire planet being delivered by Han Solo, but let's keep going. Okay. You want to learn to fly, then go to flight camp and get the genie from the motherfucking lamp. You can't defeat me, you puny little pony. My movies is better and your show are shitty. My, my movies is better and uh -huh. your show are shitty. <laughs> Uh, well, now it's time for Scootaloo to get a reply, and Scootaloo is, whoo! Is she gonna rip him a new one? Well, not only that, Scootaloo's the one I'm having to edit out. Oh! Show. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure, bitch, you're way more stubborn. You're stealing Luke's spotlight too much for a jerk. I might not fly, but I got a cutie mark. You couldn't use hyperspace back in the dark. Where were you in Star Wars 1, 2, 3? If you love Leia, then suck her. Mm -hmm. My show may be pony, but it's still pretty cool. You just kill stormtroopers and you don't need a tool. It's now I'm turning into Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I have <laughs> that voice to be doing this. There's just so, uh, where were you in Star Wars 1, 2, and 3? It's not his story. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's not what I'm about. All right, uh, now let's give Han his chance. He's coming up. It's, oh, don't be a chicken. You're still less cooler. Rainbow Dash can beat you in 10 seconds with a saber. You keep crusading, only looking for repainting. You used to go crazy after you went camping. You're such a, um, now they use a very offensive word for people with learning disabilities here. Yeah, uh, you're such a, <clears throat> you're scared of the headless horse. You copy that from Tails. No wonder that you're a dork. Go back to your child. Childhood with all of these noobs go back to sweetie bell bab seed apple bloom i'm having to cut out a lot of words to turn this into a real rap by the way it's, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that it's real bad like there are extraneous amounts of words okay back to scootaloo who's gonna finish it and there i want to remind people I think I think I can say all of this, but I'm going to remind people that I did not ride this and I do not support this man who does not like Rosa Parks. No, what are you about to say? Okay, this is Scootaloo's final line. Oh, oh don't God. count on it. You couldn't even win. Skywalker beat the Death Star. You just fucking sit. You thinking of a plan? Why can't you settle down? You yelling at ponies and it's making me frown. Will, will you learn not to use the fucking robot when you have C-3PO who is just a Clem bot? I don't need you anymore. I'm gonna crusade. Goodbye, Han Solo. You are so fucking gay. <sighs> I know! It's so bad! What's a Klimbot? I don't... Hold on. Let me let me Google it real quick. I don't know if I want to. Also, it does have the epic rap battle, Who Won, You Decide at the bottom, and I think no one won. No, definitely no one won. Wait a second. It, oh, it's a fucking Pokemon! What? Yeah, Klimbot's a Pokemon, it looks like. I, th I thought Fimbot would have been a better line, because, like, this guy's already fine with dissing him for no apparent reason, so calling C-3PO a girl, I think, would have been fine, but, yeah. 
Yeah, that's some shit. I, I, well, you know, if, if maybe, if, if, I don't know. None of it rhymed. None of it rhymed. There were, there were, no, there were somewhere, it was a worse (laughs) rhyme and I struggled to try to get it on, like, get it past the 50 yard line. And what? Yeah. Yeah. Scootaloo versus Han Solo. No one wins in that battle. Nothing well, let me just say in real life, like, Han Solo would definitely win that battle because Scootaloo is lame. And Scootaloo is a tiny-ass pony, yeah. But, uh, like, if Rainbow Dash was like, hey, let's do a rap battle, then maybe, but Scootaloo's like... <laughs> well, maybe, bro, but I don't know. Okay. okay. So... But you know what's not lame and also not incredibly offensive? I think I know what you're going to say. Even though it involves two of the most beloved characters in history. Uh, That would be patreon.com slash a load of BS. The website where you can go to support the entire BS network. Support a load of BS. Support opposite attractions. And of course, support fun fiction by going over to patreon.com slash a load of bee a load of bees um, a load of bees there's bees everywhere dude there was a bee in my house earlier and I, I like you ever have that moment where you're like that'll be someone else's problem and that's what i thought as i just casually walked by this bee and closed my door uh yeah either that or i'm just like that's future brenna's problem and i just live my life until i have to deal with it until bee attack Exactly. Uh, so we've read Han Solo fan fiction, and all of it's good. Uh, well, not all. Uh, of it. Well, is it? <laughs> yeah. But um, I wanted to go with something kind of inspired by this movie. Like I wanted to kind of take the themes from Solo and carry it into my own fan fiction. And so this one is. Uh, it starts off. I don't have a title for it. But it's Han and Chewie, and they're just chilling on the Falcon, and they're flipping through space TV. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. And they like flip through. They find an episode of Space Property Brothers on, <laughs> and then they flip through and they find like a news report about like uh, Mustafar is nearing like a violent eruption, and then they change channels again, and then they see like, this man in a chair and, like, this bright white room, and there's, like, this big, like, beautiful music playing, and Han's like, I have no idea what's going on, and the camera's kind of, like, panning around this room as this music kind of, like, starts getting real dancey, and Han wants to change it, but Chewie, like, is kind of grooving on it, and the camera then pans to reveal a shirtless Lando Calrissian, Yes. Who walks forward to the man in the chair, dancing to the music, pulls out a blaster, shoots him in the head, and then says, this is Cloud City. Oh, God. (laughs) And so, uh, this is the new hit song from Lando Calrissian called This is Cloud City, and it's actually, he, no one knew he was an artist, but he is, and he made it as a tribute to L3, and the song is all about the unneeded robot violence in the world and wanting equal rights for robots. Aww. Yeah. Lando. He's like, this is Cloud City. Don't get you sleeping on. Don't get... God, I want that song to exist. Anyways, um, so he, they find out he's famous, and then they get a call from him, and he's just like... Mr. Solo, I'm going to need your help, baby. And Solo's just like, I'm going to need you to stop calling me baby. And he's just like, no, no, no. You see, uh, a lot of smugglers and a lot of people don't exactly appreciate my worldview anymore. And so uh, it's a little bit dangerous teleporting me across the world, but I'm going to need the best smuggler in the world to take me to Space Bonnaroo. (laughs) Oh, Space Bonnaroo. Where I'm going to be performing my song for everybody. And I was like, all right. And so they start flying to Space Bonnaroo. And then all of a sudden their ship is taken by an Imperial, like, Starcraft. And they get taken aboard and, like, they're ready to fuck shit up. They're like, no, 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 no. We need to fight. We need to fight our way out of this. And then finally they're taken. And they're taken before the Emperor. And the Emperor, they basically get explained, like, 
you're not here to get arrested. We know you guys are bandit smugglers, but like, we think what the emperor, what the emperor is doing is more important than any laws, and so we're gonna need your help for this, and especially you, Lando. And then they throw him in front of the emperor, and then the emperor, uh, emperor basically has like this giant planet in front of him. And he turns towards all of the heroes, and he's just like, Listen, Lando, love your song, fantastic, love the <laughs> ideas, very, very cool. Now, here's my idea. What we're going to do to stop the robots from dealing with this horrible racism is we're going to take them and put them on their own planet. We're going to get them out of their worlds, take them away, put them on their own planet, build a wall around the planet. That way they can never come out and they can live their lives happily. It's a beautiful planet. It's fantastic. You're going to love it. Look, and he shows them like a picture of like this lush green planet. Um, <laughs> so there may be already a comparison to real life. Hmm, maybe. I mean, just a little bit. Yeah. And so Lando leans back, he thinks for me, he's just like, So you're saying a planet for for robots, for them to live happily. Yes, Lando. Imagine how beautiful it'd be. Imagine L three running and gallivanting with the rest of her filthy kind. I mean <gasps> normal kind. Like <laughs> and so uh he basically tries to get Lando to be the face of the campaign for this new planet. That's all about robots and taking robots out of, like, whatever. And so they they release them, and they go to Space Bonnaroo, and he performs This is Cloud City, and the crowd's cheer, and there are robots in the crowd who are so happy. And then Lando's just like, all right, everybody, I want you to listen up. I know a lot of you robots have had to deal with a lot of pain and a lot of problems, but we're going to fix that. I don't know why. It, just, it, it now sounds like he's doing the opening to that one Prince song. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you this something else. The afterworld. Oh my god. A world of never-ending happiness. Um, and so he announces the creation of this planet, and he's just like, "Everyone, board these ships that the emperor has kindly provided to us." And there's a giant bunch of ships behind him, and some of the robots get on, but like there are a few who are just like, "Uh, no, this is a horrible idea. I don't want to do this." And that's when, like, stormtroopers come in and, like, <gasps> take them out. Like, they disengage them and take their corpses onto the ship, only to be rebooted. Oh, my goodness. I know. And so, um, basically, after the show, like, Han saw, or Lando saw some of this, and he's like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. And Han comes back and Han's it up. He's just like, you know this is not a good idea. You know we have to save him. We have to do something. We have to, uh... uh and Lando, at this point, he's just now... Now he has to man up, put up or shut up. He's like, no, no, no. I believe in the Emperor's message, and it's a very good idea what the Emperor said. And so I'm I'm agreeing with it. And then Han's just like, do you really think this is what L3 would have wanted? Do you really think that's equal rights, is getting shoved onto their own planet where they can't live with us? And then... Uh, I was about to call him Childish Gambino. Uh, <laughs> so then... Uh, uh, Landobino turns back to his mirror like he doesn't even speak, and Han's like, you know, fine. And then he he and Chewie decide to go on their own to stop the uh, shipment of robots to the planet. And, that, like, Han basically starts trying to triangulate the exact location where they're going, and that's when he realizes that the ship are actually on the way to Mustafar, which, if you listened to a throwaway sentence I said at the beginning of this, Mustafar is about to erupt in a giant, horrible hellfire. No! Yeah, that was some good foreshadowing I wrote in there. It was. Good, good for you. I'm proud. And so Han realizes that they're not, like, take, they're taking the robots to die, like, basically to all be melted down. Uh, with only the uh, Republican droids left, and by Repu Republican uh, droids, well, that's the droids of the Republic. So right, I don't, right. I don't know what you're thinking, and so uh, Han is like, "Chewie, take the wheel," 
Uh, Chewie takes the wheel as Han. Jesus, like, take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> as, uh, well, that's what Chewie says later when Chewie has to get out. <laughs> Han jumps over to the droid's ship and gets in, and he has to fight through like a bunch of stormtroopers. He passes by like probably some like like gonk droids and famous droids you see in the background of a lot of Star Wars movies. Right. <clears throat> and then he gets to the front of the ship where he sees that it's being piloted. By the leader of this ship, General Grievous. <gasps> what? Dun, dun, dun. And apparently after General Grievous died, which I did have to Google if he was for the Empire or if he was for the Rebellion. And apparently he was for the Rebellion, but it was before the Rebellion was a good thing. Yes. And so um, General Grievous, his body after it was taken out by Obi-Wan was taken in by the empire and was rebuilt and sent to a uh conversion therapy camp now that wasn't the emperor's idea that was actually the vice emperor oh god vice emperor was really into this and it actually put grievous on the side of the empire and so now he's fighting for the empire and trying to kill all of robot kind and uh, let me see. Sorry, this this is like a four page thing. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so Han and uh, Grievous get into like this epic battle, and they fight back and forth, fight back and forth. And then Han finally kills him. But then he finds out that the only way to pilot the ship, since Grievous has like four arms, there's four different like things, the four mechanisms. So Han, <laughs> for once in his life, cannot pilot it. And also the ship, I don't know, explodes or something. Basically, the ship <laughs> can't be piloted and is now floating through space. And Han is stuck on it, and he realizes he has to get all of these robots off of the ship, so he calls Chewie over, and they try to take out as many robots as they can, but they, they realize that, like, there are way too many. This was, like, the entire, everyone at Space Bonnaroo that was a robot was there, so he then realizes he has to call in a favor. A favor with a woman who we did not discuss during our spoilers of Han of uh, Solo, a Star Wars movie, but Infus Nest. Oh! So he calls in a favor with her, and she sends a fleet of rebel ships to come and help take the robots off. Uh, so Han's like there. Han and Chewie are helping load robots onto different rebel ships. Uh, Han sees like this really cute girl on one of the ships, and he winks at her. Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And she just kind of, like, groans and then shuts the door. And so finally Han and Chewie, like, they, they are like, oh, thank God. Job well done. So they get back onto the Falcon and they fly away as the ship with Grievous on it falls down onto Mustafar and it explodes in Hellfire. Um, but not every story. Well, And then they start driving back to Space Bonnaroo because they want to really give Lando some a piece of their mind. But then they... Like, the screen comes on, and they realize this isn't just a message for them. This is a message going out to the entire galaxy, and it's, Hello, everybody! This is the hero of the galaxy, Lando Calrissian. And I just here to tell you that everything I've said about everything is wrong. <laughs> the robots, the robots deserve to live amongst us, not on their own planets. You deserve equal rights. You deserve the true life of happiness that we could promise you and i will fight for you to have that and i'm sorry and so you know this message goes out and so now robots are starting to fight back but unfortunately not every story has a happy ending where are you going with this not every story has a happy ending because like unfortunately the emperor immediately denounces lando's entire message is fake news <laughs> and <sighs> and, and because of this the robot like shipment thing it, it continues to happen and the robots slowly start to dwindle in number it's like in order 66 but with robots and the reason why i did this is because i realized that like in the original trilogy there were not as many free thinking robots as there were <gasps> in the previous films and i was like oh shit they killed them all Oh my god. And so, yeah, unfortunately, this has also now made Lando an en enemy of the Empire, which is why he has to retreat to Cloud City. I think that's how that works. I can't remember. And most of the robots are taken and destroyed, but, you know, at the end of the day, Han knew. Han knew that he had made a difference that day, but he didn't know how much of a difference he had made. The only, the only way he could have known is if he was on that ship with that cute girl he winked at, 
with that cinnamon roll hair <gasps> as she walks forward to two droids that were saved by the name of R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yes! <laughs> Boom! Boom goes the dynamite. Boom! Also, I do love that this implies that C-3PO and R2-D2 were at Space Bonnaroo. Of course they were at Space Bonnaroo, but it was R2's idea. It was. Like, I love the idea of C-3PO's walking around like, Oh dear, they they all appear to be dressed in very scantily clad clothing. <laughs> and then it cuts down to R2-D2, and he's got like a blonde wig on that's teased up. And a, and a flower crown. <laughs> a fl- <laughs> and, oh my god, I might have to make this into a shirt. He's got on like a bikini that's like bright silver. I'm into it. I think it would look great. Oh my gosh, what would his name be? Because I can't put R2-D2 on a shirt. I keep saying Rave2-D2. Rave2-D2. Well, I don't know. We might have to think on that. Come up with something nice and clever. Bana R2-D2. Could use some work. (laughs) Okay, so Brenna, we did it. We've done the second episode. And like always, the sequel was better than the first. The squeakquel was better. So where can people find you on the internet? You can look me up on basically anywhere at Brennasaur, B-E, nope, B-R-E-N-N-A-S-A-U-R-E. That's right. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo and on Instagram at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And to make sure to buy the entire Quizzle Corp trilogy. It's my book series. Brenna has a, not even, I was about to say a cameo. No, you're A cameo. Just a tiny, just small. You won't even notice me in there, but read it. Yeah, but Brenna's in it. So make sure to look that up on Amazon. Q-U-E-Z-A-L-C-O-R-P is how you spell that. And if you want to check out my other book, it's BS versus the Gods, the book where me and my co-host Blake Tanner, well, we fight a bunch of Grecian gods and get into all, all sorts of fuckery. And that's how <laughs> it happens. And of course, if you want to check out the show, me and Blake too, just go to a load of purebs.com. I just redesigned it recently because I, 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 I had to update it way too frequently. And I was like, I'm just going to find a way to fix this. But yeah, we've got a load of BS, the show where me and Blake are basically drunk assholes. Fight Boys, our pro wrestling podcast. Opposite Attractions, the show where me and my buddy Jim Murphy, we try to build our own theme park. So make sure to check all that out over there, ladies and gentlemen. And make sure to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash a load of BS. With your support, we can hopefully get Brenna a microphone that does not sound like it was made from a toaster. Please help me. Please. Please, sir. (laughs) Patreon.com, you're my only help. (laughs) So yeah, make sure to do that, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, as Watch out for baby Hitler. (laughs) Damn it, you got to say it this time. (laughs) 